Within about two minutes of speaking to a potential candidate during our screening calls before we allow them into um, the program, I can tell you if they have confidence or they suffer from a confidence problem. Now you may say that's an exaggeration, but I'm not kidding when I say within two minutes. Ask them a few questions, one or two questions, and look at the way they respond. It's very easy to see it. And confidence plays a far more significant role than you would think in a management consulting case interview. Of course, in every interview you need to show confidence. But there are a couple of reasons why confidence is important in management consulting interviews. Firstly, clients are paying a lot of money for consulting advisory work. I mean, a case team can, can end up costing a client anywhere from $300,000 to $550,000 a week, and this is a small case team. No client is going to be willing to pay that amount of money for a team that is unsure of themselves or the recommendations they're putting forward. In fact, a team can be very sure of the recommendations, but if they do not create that impression, in the client's mind, the impression is created that they are not sure of the recommendations they're putting forward. Now, I have the two-minute rule. I mean, when I judge a candidate, within two minutes, I can see if they lack confidence or not. If they lack confidence, my job is to find out what is the root cause of that lack of confidence. Can it be fixed or can it not be fixed? If the, can it cannot be fixed, or if I think it cannot be fixed, then there's no point in working with the candidate because... You may be the best person at solving a case, but if you lack confidence, no one's going to put you in front of a client because you will upset the client or worse, make the client doubt themselves or make the client doubt their decision to even hire this consulting firm. A consulting firm would rather hire someone who did average on a case 80% correct than hire someone who was 100% correct but actually inspired no confidence in the interviewer. So that's the why side, right? And just it's important you understand that confidence is is not tested as a single item somewhere in the case in the foot interview. It's tested throughout the case in the foot interview. So what I'm saying is that you don't get any points for being confident, but confidence, but you lose a heck of a lot of points for lacking confidence. So it's a negative marking system, basically. All the stuff you do to show confidence, wonderful, but you, at any time you show lack of confidence, you get a veto decision. It's out. You're out of the game immediately. You have to show confidence. And how do I know when someone lacks confidence? There are certain tells. Mm and ah is the most common one. When someone pauses and speaks like that, you ask them a question and they say, mm, uh, awkward pauses. You're having a conversation with someone and you, in the middle of the conversation, you just ask them a question to clarify something. They just go silent. And when they go silent, they're doing it for a number of reasons. They haven't communicated to you that um, they would like to think about it because they think communicating they need a moment is a sign of weakness, so they just go silent. And you're not sure if they heard you or if the line broke. Link to this is not communicating. There are many people where when you have a discussion with them, they're not willing to talk back to you. They'll ask a few questions and they then expect you to do all the talking. Dragging. Dragging is a common problem whereby if you ask someone a question, in their response they will take one of the words and drag it out. That's one of the most easiest tells. For example, if someone had to ask me, uh, Michael, why did you study at wherever, let's say um, Oxford or something like that, uh, my response would be, well, I thought that under normal circumstances I may have gone to... Cambridge, but that's a tell. Drawing out words. I call it dragging. Some people call it drawing out. Whatever. The point is that it is a tell for lack of confidence. 
question marks. If you lack confidence, you put question marks at the end of responses that are not questions. For example, if someone asked me again, why did you go to Oxford? I'd say something like, well, I went there because I thought it was a good school. You, it's a statement, but you're saying it as a question mark, as a question. One of the most obvious tells, jumbling words. When people lack confidence, they're usually easily stressed. And what they do is something really simple, you ask them, they will mess it up. They're, not, they, they're so worried about getting it wrong that they do get it wrong. So you ask them something like, um, explain to me why this company's revenue went up. And they'll say something like, uh, well, the revenue went up because maybe it was a possibility that the price may have increased, but it's also a possibility that the revenue may have changed, which may have led to an increase in the revenue. So I think it's a possibility that given everything that we've s you get the point? Jumbling words. And I've seen candidates do that. There are other tells. I mean, there are many of them, but these are the ones that sort of stand out to me. And we follow many different tactics to peop teach people how to fix these problems. I'm going to mention what they are here so you can practice them yourself. The one, st the one thing I ask all candidates to do with me when they're, uh, when, they, when they're learning how to communicate confidently is I tell them, I want, you, I want to prove to you that this could be done. I want you to take one minute or whatever it is to think of a topic that I know nothing about. So don't ask me a topic about business. Don't ask me a topic about something in the press. Ask me a topic that I know nothing about. And I'm going to respond to the question immediately with a very eloquent statement. I want to prove to the candidate that even if you don't know something about a topic, you can still communicate. Now, why is this important? Well, we are wired because of the educational system that we're in. Our educational system is heavily skewed towards the sciences. And we're brought up to believe that he who knows the most facts should be the most confident, which is the most bizarre system in the world. And what happens to us is that when we grow up and we go through university and high school, we end up feeling that because we did well at university and knew the most amount of facts, we should be confident. And if we didn't do well at university and didn't know the most amount of facts, then we shouldn't lack confidence, which is a really weird system in my opinion. So what does this mean? What this means is that people who are unable to know, about, who know anything about a topic cannot be confident, which is really... Strange. So if you were to ask some if I had to ask most candidates to talk about a topic they know nothing about, their confidence automatically drops. They're unable to speak the engine sees. And I do this exercise to prove to people that you can there are techniques to teach you how to speak about topics when you actually know nothing about it. I mean one candidate recently asked me about an Indian movie star that I'd never heard of. In fact, to be honest, I've never heard of most of the Indian movie stars, the Bollywood stars. I mean, the movies are great and they're big hits, but I'm not um, into that kind of um, genre, so I've never heard of these people. Uh, certainly not the star she had mentioned. I mean, if you told me about someone from the, maybe the 1970s who was a big star now, I may have heard about him, but someone knew there's no way I'd have heard of the new group. And I'd shown her how to respond. Now, there are different tactics here. The one is to talk in very general terms. The other tactic is to use a question and answer system whereby you actually draw out information from the candidate. I'm not going to go through each of the techniques in detail. The point is it can be done. And there are many other techniques. Now, what you need to do is you need to become comfortable speaking on an impromptu basis. You have to be comfortable taking a topic, just opening a magazine, looking at the topic, closing it, and being able to speak about it for about two to three minutes. This may sound bizarre to you, but trust me, when you do case training with us, you'll see how important it is. And for many candidates, we run them through those drills. I'll pick a topic and I'll ask them to speak about it. No preparation, no forewarning. I just want to see how they communicate. 
And that's really a skill of consultants, right? I mean, you don't really have time to go in and prepare and read everything. In fact, most of the times when you are prepared, you actually have far less preparation than most people would have expected. You're going to speak to a client who knows much more about you, about his industry, but you're meant to have an eloquent conversation. It's a skill and an art combined. I spoke about how to fix this, but I think the key thing many candidates must realize is that the ability to speak confidently should not be predicated on your ability to, to marshal a group of facts on a subject. If you know nothing about a subject, it should not impact your confidence. Why should you have less confidence because you know less about a subject? In reality, everyone knows less about a subject. I mean, even if I know, my knowledge I would think of certain areas of strategy is very strong, but I'm bound to meet someone who knows more than me. Even a Nobel Prize winner in a certain field is bound to meet someone who knows more than him. You should not allow your confidence levels to be dictated by the amount of content you know. Look at your organizations where you work now. Look around and look at the leadership team. Are they experts in everything? No. What makes them the leaders? Obviously, it's not their content. They have certain skills, but it's not knowing everything. Yet they have confidence. If you rely on content to drive confidence, you will never amount to anything more than a middle manager, if you're lucky, in a state-owned enterprise somewhere with your own cubicle at the age of 60 years old running some technical part of the business with no one reporting to you. If you allow the, the, the lack of content knowledge to dictate how far you can take yourself, you will struggle. You have to speak confidently about a topic even if you know nothing about it. Obviously, it helps to have some techniques on how to speak about these topics, and there are ways to learn them, and we'll cover them in other podcasts. But the key thing is that you must understand that if you wait to be an expert on something before you have confidence, then you'll be reading Wikipedia for the rest of your life. You can never be a conf an, an expert on everything. You have to sometimes take the shot when you are not ready. And part of making sure that shot goes through is speaking very confidently. I always tell people that they should go onto uh, YouTube and watch screenshots or trailers or whatever they call them of famous actresses and actors performing great moments in movies and business. Watch body language, watch how they speak, how they pause for effect, and how they move through their talks. Confidence. Is not something you get and then do things. It's like learning to drive. You can't learn to drive and then go out and drive a car. You have to get in, into a car and learn to drive. It, confidence is a series of acts. It's not a destination. As always, please feel free to uh, send me comments and I'll be happy to respond to them. Thank you.